This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay, so welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. Again, this is a podcast for the consistently irritated but unoffended individuals. Remember, it is not our fault that everything is annoying. As always, I'm your host, Sydney, um, and I got some guests this week, you guys. I am happy to say that I actually have more than one guest joining me for today's episode, um, but I'll get more into that a bit later. As you all know, I'm ready to discuss the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves this week. And again, like I said, I am joined by two additional guests. This week, I am joined by the host of COD Black Dads, hosted by Elgin and Travis, which explores fatherhood, manhood, and more. So do you guys want to give a quick introduction to my listeners? Hey, how y'all doing, folks? It's your boy L, a.k.a. E. Diddy, a.k.a. All World L, a.k.a. L Drove. Uh, that that's what we do on our podcast. So, uh, <laughs> we got a lot. We got a lot of different AKs. We come up with every episode. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm 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 one half of the Call of Duty Black Dads podcast. And it's your boy T, aka O Eddie Kane, aka International T, aka Horse Choker, aka the Real Stink Meaner. <laughs> screaming but again i know it is well past father's day but i'm excited to chat with the guys more about fatherhood and you know raising miniature human beings i can 100 vouch that kids are super duper sweet when they are not being terrorists so i'm interested to know the guys perspectives just on being parents so moving on to the first segment of the show we have fed up or up so just as some background this is when we get into what has gotten on our nerves this past week because I honestly feel like the best way to get to know somebody is by knowing what gets under their skin so do you guys want me to start off or y'all already got something on y'all mind uh now I've I've been listening to the show so I've been running through my head I'm like damn what am I gonna say one of the things that really got me annoyed is just the hypocrisy of people with the whole Roe versus Wade mm-hmm. and everything. Cause like one of my questions is, you know, now that it's been reversed, now what? You hear more about adopting animals than adopting children. Correct. You know, we got we got a bunch of kids in foster care that are getting treated bad or they age out. Mm-hmm. age out with nothing mm-hmm. nobody but you're worried about somebody else's body and somebody is not here mm-hmm. another thing is don't do it man let me go hold on which one hold on just one more because I, I, don't, I don't think it's what you're talking about but then the other thing is a lot of the people who didn't want the vaccine they don't mm-hmm. want it because remember it's my body my choice mm-hmm so why? So when it comes to abortion, why are you worried about that? It's not your body. It's not. It shouldn't be your choice. 
I mean, right now, the biggest thing that I've seen a lot of people call out that I thought was interesting that even um, the guests I had on my last episode spoke about is just the labor force. We live in a capitalistic society. So they thinking about who go join the workforce. And even recently, there's been more information that has been released just about the overall birth rate in the United States, which is actually like we've reached a point and slowly but surely it's probably going to start declining. So with this decline, it's like, oh, shit, when it's time for retirement and Social Security and all of that, who's going to be working to pay into that technically? So they thinking about it in terms of how much money can they make off of these bodies and so forth. And it's fucked up. Again, like you said, what what is going to happen to these unwanted children that are going to be brought into the world because they're there? I would I don't even know if I could say mother, but the person that birthed them didn't have any other choice but to. But people in position that's not ready. Some people not ready to be a parent. Yeah. And, and wholeheartedly, that's that's 100 percent. OK, if you can come to that conclusion on your own, that is a good thing. Do not wait right. until they hear and think, oh, damn, now is not the time. But right. it makes you even think about what else they're coming for, because, again, this is something that has been happening over a period of time. Like they are slowly but surely getting back into that conservative mindset and. Yeah, they look at the other stuff, even Justice Clarence Tom- Thomas. He was even talking about them going back to look at the rulings that they've had in some same-sex marriage cases and um, so forth. And it's just like, damn, who next? We just had Pride Month. See, I hope I ain't step on your toes, man. I mean, what, what, what you nah, got? It was, no, nah, what I had to say was, uh, we was talking about this yesterday, uh, your boy Bob, man, Bob Kelly. So oh, no, 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 no. Exactly. Need to be, if not under the damn jail. That's where they should have put him. Yeah. That's, I agree. We, we, I just we, feel like it should be like it, like I've seen this interview with Lil Boosie, and mm-hmm. it kind of made sense where you got people that's out here killing people or that's have killed people, and mm-hmm. they got less time than him, man. And I feel like those girls, their parents should be held accountable as well. It's sticky in the sense that their parents do need to be held accountable. But when I think about people like R. Kelly, just the extent and how for how long he was doing this stuff, I feel like that definitely plays into it. This nigga been doing that shit since before I was born, late 80s, 90s. Yeah. Like it's been going on for decades. And I feel like when you are going after somebody like that, you kind of have to make an example of them. That's true. Because two, there are a lot of instances where these people in the entertainment industry are trafficking women. Like, I don't know if you guys read the story about Cash Out, the rapper, he went to jail for like this whole thing was unraveled um, with him where he was a part of some type of sex trafficking ring where he was having underage girls, um, prostitute and bring him the money and all this wow. other crazy stuff and i'm like i just feel like with, with bob man he should have learned this lesson back in the 90s man yeah like when he, you got away with or the two, when he first got away with it with the videotape <laughs> yeah you should have just turned over a new leaf man and stuff but see like you it. said too those parents they playing into it like I don't know if you guys watch the documentaries but i remember um watching the stuff on lifetime and a lot of those parents that came on there were just so 
tunnel vision on their child being successful or their child having access to some type of music exec or somewhat into the music industry that they weren't thinking clearly like, okay, this man may have never been convicted, but it's too many telltale signs that he doing some weird shit with kids. Yeah, we said he called himself the Pied Piper. Like, if you know the backstory to that. All of that shit is sick. It is sick. And it's just sad that it's going on for such a long time period. But I mean, who knows? You hear all of this stuff now, again, about these other entertainers harassing women, doing real shysty conniving stuff like where are we gonna be 15 years from now are we gonna be having surviving trey songs like what's going on yeah, yeah. trey songs well, it's looking yeah <laughs> but that shit is crazy you would think it is. you would think these men have all of this wealth and access to plenty of women who actually want to sleep with them why are they either messing with underage girls assaulting women and so forth but it's that whole dynamic of power and just the society that we live in that allows those men to just do what they want to do mm-hmm. i mean and that's the same way with you know these guys like poo shiesty bro mm-hmm. you, you you're about to blow up and now you out here making runs to get drugs and other stuff and now look at you got eight years your your buzz is gone now bro you get out you're not gonna get where you were supposed to be so i don't know i just feel i think it's just that when you get to a certain level you feel untouchable yeah you know you get that big head and you Mm -hmm. just feel like you can do and say whatever and you don't think about the consequences for sure and i think too with some rappers like the path Pooh shiesty was on was still wanting to play into that like I'm gonna keep my hood credentials essentially. Like, even though I'm blowing up, even though I'm out here making this money, like I'm everywhere. I got tracks with Dirk, I got tracks with Gucci. Like, I'm really blowing up. They still have to play into that. Like, well, I'm still out here. I'm still hustling. I'm still getting money. And it's just like, you can't do that. Like, you can do that, but there are definitely gonna be repercussions. And if anything, in the society we live in today, they are 110% on these rappers' asses. Like, and they're looking for it. They and and then too, when you think about the amount of surve- surveillance that is even placed yes. on people, and you posting this on TikTok, you posting this on Twitter, you on Instagram, like they ain't even got to search for the shit anymore. They don't have to do um stakeouts and all of that other stuff to get telling on themselves man you're telling on yourself they don't care anymore like i know i'm sure y'all probably seen that joke where they like uh they'll be listening to a rapper song and they acting like they the fbi or some shit and they're like yep we got them we got them boys like exactly that's what they be on now so I definitely do not get it. Um, Moving on to the main segment of the show, we have the make it make sense segment. So again, you guys, having Elgin and Travis here today, we are going to talk about parenthood and most importantly, Black fatherhood. Um, I am not a parent myself. I do not have any kids. I'm sure down the line it may happen, but as of now, I don't. I just have to wrestle with my younger cousins and the rest of the children and my family. But I know it's a lot that goes into parenthood. I have friends that are parents and so forth. And just watching them, I'm like, kudos to you. 
because that is a whole human being that you are in charge of and that you have to look out for for the rest of your life. Not to say it's not a beautiful thing, but that is one hell of a responsibility. And I just want to talk with you guys more about like how you've navigated fatherhood, your own relationships with your father, uh, and just how you go about raising your kids. So I don't know which one of you all want to start, but can you share how many children that you guys have? Well, we'll let Travis go first. He's he been doing it longer than me. Yeah, I have uh, two kids. I have a 15-year-old son. I have a seven-year-old daughter. I started young. Uh, I had my son when I was 19, so we both did a lot of growing up together. Like, I was an only child, so, mm-hmm. like, I, I had always dreamed of having a big family. Uh-huh. But after having my son, I was like, maybe... Uh, <laughs> Not so fast. Is. Not yeah. so fast. So I was... I thought I was done, and then my princess came along, and I feel like uh, that's that might be it for me, though. You don't want to get into that story? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, LJ? <laughs> I'm like one of the last out of my friends that wanted kids. Mm-hmm. So I have a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. Okay, so they right there together. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah, my, cool, cool. My daughter came... Mm-hmm. nine days after my 30th birthday oh that's so nice when yeah. is your birthday may 25th oh lord so two yeah. gemini's Woo. yes and she's june 3rd <laughs> and then my my son just turned four on june 28th oh well that's nice you guys are all there together that's nice. cute yeah he's a real gemini for real I was well. I mean, if your daughter a Gemini, it takes a Gemini to know another Gemini. So y'all yeah, right there together. Yeah, she see me and her. We 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 super laid back. It's it's that boy. He, I've uh, all this has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Like the the like the panics. My daughter, mm-hmm. she has she's had it. She got a concussion. Um, she fell out the bed. This was twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Fell out the bed in January. Got a concussion jumped off the bed and broke her collarbone in march of 2020 then jumped off the couch and hit the coffee table and got 10 stitches above her eye all within three months so yeah i thought i was bad i was like a tomboyish little girl so i had black eyes because i would do stuff like throw sheets over my face and run outside and hit a tree or something crazy <laughs> like that so i thought i was bad but i never had stitches or broke any bones how do you even react to that as a parent like what is your first thought so with the collarbone like the two serious things happened when she was at my mama's house mm. so one thing you'll find out is the parents that you knew growing up, they 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 disappeared. Grandparents, yeah, they disappeared. <laughs> they disappeared when you had kids. They are not the same people. You trying to figure out who the hell you are? Because <laughs> I never would have got away with any of this stuff. So, um, like all like, of a sudden, you got McDonald's in there. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have McDonald's at home when I was a kid. <laughs> so, I mean, like with the collarbone, you know, they said she fell out the bed. She said her arm was hurting, so we I uh, took her to the emergency room. They did all the tests. They moving her arm around. And she like nothing. So I took her to the bathroom and she went to wash her hand and she just started screaming. I'm like, what's going on? So they took her to and they, they x-rayed it. But when she got the stitches above her eye, she was over there and they called me and they was like, Nike, uh, 
you know, she hit the coffee table, she gonna need stitches. I'm like, okay. When I got over there, she wasn't crying. She was just sitting there. When I tell you, I seen the gas. The gas was probably about that big. Ooh, when I, you said she needed 10? Yeah. When I seen it, I damn near started crying. Cause I'm like, oh. and, she, and she just sitting there. She didn't move. She wasn't crying. She was just laying there. I'm, I'm flying. Yeah, I'm flying to one hospital. They like, well, we don't really handle kids with stuff like this. You got to go to children's. Mm-hmm. Went down there that I, she had to sit in my lap while they did it. They had to come across the top so she wouldn't see. And they, she seen what they was doing. She started flipping out. So I got to hold her down. And um, she, she put, she, yeah, she's put me through a lot. The boy is just a headache. He's, he seems very advanced for his age. Mm-hmm. He asks questions that make me think, and like, why are you coming up with these questions? So <laughs> he's an ass. He's mean. I'll vouch for that one. Yeah, Travis called him uh, Riley Freeman. Uh, <laughs> well, that's 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 how he acts. He got the, he got he got hair. Yeah, so it's he just it's, say whatever he whatever's on his mind. Oh yeah, that's, he, that's his. No, yeah, mo- no okay, okay. He, he knows how to cuss very well. Oh, I'm scared I, of him. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> my nephew gave him some candy and I took it and hid it. He looking for that. I was like, get out the bag. He said, where's the candy? I said, man, we lost it. Verbatim, I'm not lying. He went like this. He said, how the fuck did we lose the candy? <laughs> I said, bro, what you say? And he looked at me and said, how we lose the candy? I said, Listen, uh, you can't say that. Cause I can't get mad because I slipped. Nah, you stressed him stuff. out. You stressed him out. Yeah. He said it was just here. Yeah, he. So it was just here. <laughs> it's an experience. It, it's it's fun, but a lot mm-hmm. of times you like, man, I could do without y'all. Okay, okay. Yeah, now, I know Travis. You mentioned growing up being an only child, and now being a parent. I also was the only child. My father was the only child as well. Um, so that made me the only grandchild on one side of my family. So my dad and my grandmother were really close. Um, and me and my dad were close. Unfortunately, my dad is deceased. But growing so up good. with him, I can definitely say that he was like the more kind of just do whatever you want to do, parent. And I was definitely down with that all the time. Like literally my dad would be like, oh, okay you want to watch a movie or something? Um, like after I got done with school, like I'm finished with homework, we watching a movie and I might be like, Ooh, like I really want some ice cream. He'll be like, you want me too. And it could be 12 AM, 1130 AM. We going to go get ice cream. He don't care. Like he was down for whatever, but I can definitely say now as an adult, if I had a child, it had to, had to do that. Oh no, we're going to bed. <laughs> you putting on your pajamas at 8:30. Like we go have some sort of routine. It was always right. fun with him, but that routine aspect was very, very, very low. How can you say, like, being an only child, what was your relationship with your father? Actually, I didn't have a relationship with my father. I was raised by a single mother. Uh I think that's kind of what steered me into like being the type of father that I am. It's mm-hmm. Didn't really have one, so, and I'm kind of like how your dad is. Like I do that the same type of stuff. <laughs> it's a little easier for me to do it with my daughter. Like I said, my son, like he almost the same size as me now. So it's like, yeah, it's like another dude, another grown man in the house with you. So your you know, son is the older child, correct? 
Yes. So even how was how was that like being a younger parent? Because I mean, too, I've heard stories about people being younger parents, like kind of having to make that decision between like, how can I balance still acting my age, but also having this responsibility of a child? Because I mean, you can't like in essence, you really can't force yourself to grow up. Like you said before, you're growing up with this child. Uh-huh. Old I was just about to say, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> I've always been like an old man, so I don't really feel like I missed out on much. Um, now that the, he's older, mm-hmm. I, I do a little bit more now. Like I travel a little bit more, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, it, it didn't really affect me too. Like it would most uh, young parents. Um, my mom helped me out a lot. Because my son's mom, she her mother stayed out of town. So it was just me, her, my mom. So y'all really had to do the co-parent th- co-parenting thing, like get that down pat right away. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know one thing I want to ask you both is like what is something that you enjoy most about fatherhood? Um <laughs> there's so many things. Um Pick your favorite. Me, per- me personally, is just making memories with my kids, like stuff that they'll remember when they get older. Mm-hmm. They can share it with their kids. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Yes, yeah, same here. Um, and a lot of those, like the aha moments, like yeah. when you when you see your the development, like they're getting older, you can tell like the way they act, the way they carry themselves, things like that. You like okay, you know. Um, like me and my daughter, we did a lot of firsts together. We went to the first time I went to Disney World, I went with her. First time I flew on a plane, I was with her, even though she was a baby. It was our first time doing a lot of stuff together. So there's a lot of things that they do that you kind of look at, be like, man. Like taking it all in. Yeah, yeah. Like she started kindergarten this past year, and it was just so simple. I'm riding in the car, we on our way home. And it just hit me like, damn, she started kindergarten. My eyes started watering. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> ah, that's crazy. I had never yeah. thought about it like that, but it is, I can't see it be, being those simple things in parenthood because you're with them all the time. You watching them learn and develop those skills, even have their own little interests and their own hobbies and kind of come into the person that they'll be sooner than later. So I definitely can see that. Um, what else was I going to ask? What's one problem that you had to overcome with being a dad? Because I've heard stories like from guys I know who are now parents. Like one thing my child taught me was patience. I was not a patient person. I was not used to sitting still or even trying to decipher what was wrong with them when they couldn't talk. Uh, I mean, I've always been patient. I don't know. One of the things I was always nervous about, like when she was born, it was like changing her and like, mm-hmm. like touching the private area. I'm like, yo, should I be doing this? Like, it feel kind of weird. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it is. That, yeah, that that's like, yo, I, it, this feels wrong, but you know, this is what <laughs> I'm supposed to do. Uh. I don't know. One of the things I always told myself when she got here that I was gonna learn how to do hair. Okay. So hey, my boy be doing some hair, man. 
my, I, boy, my boy did a YouTube channel. <laughs> so, you know, I am, I'm capable. She won't walk around looking crazy. Like, you know, like, so that's one of the things I, I told myself from the jump, like, yo, I'm going to learn how to do the, the simplest of hairstyle. I'm quick to hop on YouTube. My pardon has become better. My parts used to, it used to look straight. Then when I got finished, it was kind of lean. And so I'm like, damn, that it looked different when I started. Well, but- so I can definitely say I could see being a grown man, how that would be hard. Cause I'm a woman, like you learn that over time. Like yeah. you constantly yeah. parting your hair. So by the time you looking at somebody else's head, you can do it. But I can see as a man, like, yeah, first of it's all, like I'm when you're it. looking over the top, it looks straight. <laughs> and then when you look at him face to face, like, damn, it's cooking here. Uh I did now I tried to learn how to French braid. I oh I commend you. I can't even French braid. Yeah, That's I, I French braiding is genetic. Like my yeah. mom cannot French braid, and neither can I. And that's okay. It's okay. I, I tried. My fingers just would not work that way. So I, I kind of threw that out the window. But you know, yeah, just I don't know. I think just everything about just parenting, just raising another person, being out in public with them, because the panic. You know, you hey, where y'all at? I'm looking around. <laughs> hey. You know, hey, hey, like I'm I'm on them mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, you see these new you see these news stories and stuff, and my heart gets to go on and I get nervous, you know, I start feeling sad for other people because then I start picturing myself in that situation. So mm-hmm. just just the whole aspect of just being a parent, that that was one of the biggest things. One and, thing that opened my eyes up, oh my fault. Oh, uh, you're okay. Go ahead. Yeah. One thing that opened my eyes up is uh, you know. My son has a girlfriend now. So, you know, you get to the age where, you know, sex is a, a possibility now. Mm-hmm. And I remember growing up, like, you know, my girlfriend come over or whatever. My mom, like, make sure y'all don't go in that bedroom. Don't close no doors around here. Make sure you sit on the couch. And I had that talk with my son. And first time his girlfriend come over, the first thing you do is try to close the door, man. And, and like, I just felt like, damn, my mama. Now I see what she was going through. (laughs) Because you know, I think that's the scary thing about like when you're a parent, you are kind of reflecting back on that age that you were, if you can remember back that far. So you already knowing, damn, they probably doing this. They probably doing that. And I know for sure I was not a terrible teenager or nothing, but was I out with my friend? Like, did I have a homegirl's house that I would go over because I knew her parents <laughs> her was mom, just chill, yeah. like we could just be outside? Yes. Yeah. So I know there's a probability that my child may also find somebody and do similar things. But two, I think with being a parent, you kind of have to release that grip because, you know, it's a lot of parents that are those helicopter parents. They everything. They have to watch everything. Like, right. I feel like in that instance, your child cannot develop fully. You know, so we've talked about that. Like, I don't know if you know any preacher's kids, but they're usually the wildest ones because they don't, because they they never got their freedom. Shit, the preacher, the preacher themselves be wild. (laughs) If if you know preacher's kids, the whole family be nuts. Yeah. And um, I don't know, just, I mean, Travis, Travis there now because, you know, his son, he's 15, so Mm -hmm. he, he got to get to that point. But me trying to think like, how the hell, cause I had so much freedom as a kid. Mm. I could leave and be gone all day. Ooh. 
and you try to figure out, you try to think to yourself, how the hell did they do that? We ain't had no cell phone. They just trusted. When them street lights get ready to come on, your ass is gonna be back in this house. Nowadays, we got all the technology in the world. I'm still terrified. Like my daughter, she went to a a, um, a water park yesterday mm-hmm. with you know with one of her mom's friends and their kids. Mm-hmm. I'm scared because I'm like I'm worried about drowning. Mm-hmm. So they they not gonna watch her like I'm gonna watch her. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, when they gonna be back? When they gonna be back? When they gonna mm-hmm. be back? So, but yeah, it's just like you know, trying to release that grip mm-hmm. and trying to get comfortable, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't know how I'm just going to let them, you know. And you know what? It's, it's crazy you brought up the water park thing because I literally just reflected back in my mind. I I used to be with my dad just doing all type of wild shit too because when <laughs> I was younger, I vividly remember we went on a family vacation and we were at a hotel and uh my dad took me down to the pool and while we were at the pool I saw another little girl she was about my age I had to be maybe like six or seven but she was just swimming like she knew how to swim and at that point in time I didn't know how to swim my mom didn't teach me how to swim until I was like nine ten maybe but I saw her and I thought, oh, I can do the same thing. So I literally <laughs> just let go of my dad's hand and just jumped in the pool. And he had to literally jump in after me like, girl, what is what is wrong with you? Hey, I just had to do that same about thing uh, about a month ago. My daughter was playing on the, uh, the little lily pad in the lake uh-huh. and fell off. And I'm in full-blown clothes and had to jump in the lake and grab her. See? Scared the shit out of me, man. That's it, like but I, that's the thing, no, like your kid, and two, I mean, it could be a scenario where it's no water involved, like something as simple as they on a bike and they accidentally hit something or something comes out of right. nowhere. Like I got chased by dogs as a kid. It's a whole bunch of wild shit that can happen to kids. Yeah. Um, like I just I taught I taught Nike how to ride uh how to ride her bike um not that long ago. And <laughs> My whole thing was I was I was scared to let her fall. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding on and she wasn't really getting it. Then I just came to realization, like, well, I have to let her fall. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when she falls, she got the helmet on, the, the helmet, she got everything on. I'm like, I have to let her fall because when she falls, she's gonna see it's not that bad. So she fell. I mm-hmm. said, Yeah, right. She said, Yeah. Said, get back up and get back, you know, get back up and do it again. Mm-hmm. She fell again and she was like, oh, this is hard. I said, I knew he was somebody was gonna make an appearance. And this is, <laughs> this is Aiden. Um Riley yeah. Fred. <laughs> Bro, you can't you can't do that. Come on. You got that tablet in my ear. Um yeah, I'm like, I'm she, you know, once I let her fall, I'm like, you know, hey, it's not hard. I mean, it's it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. She was like, Well, this is hard. I said, life is hard. <laughs> things, things knock right. you down get back up and keep going yeah and she every time she fails she look at me i'm okay and hop right back up i just got to keep trying i'm like good mm-hmm. and then she 45 minutes later she got it so, well, that's good yeah how do you feel about discipline like with disciplining your and children that's nike like i say I, somebody was gonna come <laughs> they both say what you in here doing they they always do that <laughs> Uh, you want to go, T? Uh, I I ain't really 
I ain't disciplined a kid in a long time, man. Like my son was always a good kid. Like he was, he's like the complete opposite of me. Like he's outgoing, mm-hmm. friendly. And my daughter is more like me where she's just chill. She don't really mess with a lot of people. So like, I haven't really had to discipline a kid in a long time. So overall style, like they kind of know, like, yeah, I feel like I, I they know when you plan the right and they time. know when yeah. you're not. Okay. Okay. Cause it's like, I don't even really, if my daughter's doing something, she knows she ain't got no business doing. Uh-huh. I just look at her and she, she'll slowly stop doing what she's doing and find something else to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same here, you know, it's, it started out with like some, maybe some small pops here and there, mm-hmm. but now like outside of repeating myself over and over, mm-hmm. I, I, I got the look, you know, that, you know, that look when you look over and they get that eye contact. I mean, with the boys. Let me doing this. Yeah, I mean, with 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 Aiden, he is. <laughs> Why you call him the boy, man? Cause man, <laughs> <laughs> like he, it's like you constantly have to tell him over and over and over and over, and you just look. I'd be like, bro, stop. Like, hey, hey, hey. But then you get this. <laughs> you get this. I get this all the time. He is so hot and cold. He is the definition of a side patch kid. <laughs> he, like you see him be like hey what's up Aiden mm-hmm. mm, leave me that's alone. how you do me yeah <laughs> and I mean so I mean the discipline now because mm-hmm. I always said I felt like I had to be a little harder on my kids a little stricter as they were younger mm-hmm. so the older they get I can they know so yeah so you know nobody has an issue watching my kids because they already know they gonna come over here. They gonna be just fine. They not gonna act. They not gonna act up. They mm-hmm. know what they supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't have an issue having somebody like calling my sister. Hey, can they come over for a while? I want to step out and do something. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Opposed to like you know, I got a nephew. Don't really listen. <laughs> you know he, you know he, you know. Don't nobody really want to watch him at times. <laughs> because he, he, he. It took him a long time to come around me. Mm-hmm. Because I was a disciplinary, his father's not around, mm-hmm. so he's used to his mom being lax. Mm-hmm. He bring his ass like, "Hey, hey, bro, nah, sit down, don't do that." And see, that's so crazy when I hear like dad say that because mine was a complete opposite. My mom was more of the, the disciplinary parent, like Sydney, sit your ass down, or I'm gonna spank you. Like she was very much like. She give me those looks I know. Whereas my dad, I pretty much, I probably only got spanked by him twice. And one time I will say it was necessary. We were at my great grandmother's house and he had me and um, his girlfriend at the time. She had two children and I, we had to be like maybe probably like eight or nine, but he had us outside raking leaves and <laughs> I thought he he was in the house, but the way my great grandmother's house was is like her basement window faced the backyard. So I didn't know he was down. I just know he went in the house. But basically, I'm outside raking, and I was like, I can't believe he got us out here raking. I ain't no damn slave. And sure enough, <laughs> that window to the basement was open wherever he was, and he just literally oh, you take it I. Out loud. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I said it out loud. I said he got us out here breaking. I ain't no damn slave. 
and literally he just flew up the steps and came out there and just lit me up and even my other family was like oh my god like we've never seen you even whoop her what is going on and he's like nah go ahead and tell them what you said say it and i'm like so that (laughs) he did he had a lot of time that day but other than that there were no other period of times like my dad was very laid back very chill whereas my mom is a little bit more stern i mean now that i'm older she's not like that but still when i was younger Mm -hmm. she was more the person to get me in line so i just think that's interesting and you know it might be that you know like that father daughter thing Mm -hmm. you know your dad you're his only daughter so it's like you can do whatever you want. Look, the world is yours. Whatever you want, I got. See, and like if you had a brother, you may have seen something different from your mom. Your mom may have, you know, you know that, that's how it's a little be bit sometimes. softer. Yeah, yeah, that's how it be sometimes. I mean, because I just I do random stuff for the kids. We mm-hmm. randomly go get ice cream. You know, they they can stay up. I, shit. Last night I'm like, bro, like yeah, y'all, I got to get up early. <laughs> Like, I'm going to bed, and they sit in their room. I don't know how long they stay up. But when it's, and I tell them, like, look, when it's time to get up, I don't want to hear no complaint. I don't yeah, know how long y'all kept your asses up, but it's time to get up, get up. And they sit there, they sit in their room, and they do whatever it is they do. I let them be. Like, hey. But, I do yeah. that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can stay up long as you want. Just make sure you, you, you be ready when we get up, man. I'm screaming. Now, one last question that I had would be, what is one thing that you want to teach your kids? Well, I, It don't I have to be you. anything phys- philosophical or anything like that. It can be something simple. Well, I just want to teach my son how to be a man. And I want my daughter to be shown how to be treated by a man. I don't know. Just being responsible, like one of the main things I constantly tell them, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Mm-hmm. be you know be cognizant of what's going on around you this world is changing these folks like my yes. da- response like i'm teaching her to be try to how to be responsible if she lose something i'll be like nike whose tablet is it mine who's responsible for it me i said well if you lost it you lost it i ain't <laughs> buying you another one uh like responsibility and i guess just all in all just just being a decent person I I'm not the greatest, but I try to treat people. I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. You know, I'm an ass at times, but mm-hmm. you know, but just I don't know. Trying to just make them well-rounded. I guess it's it's so much stuff out here. I can't even pinpoint just one thing. I mean, I definitely don't disagree with that, and I feel like too is um is good and it's interesting to just see how you both were like you know. It's nothing that I feel like I have to really impose. And if anything, it's modeled through my behavior. Like me showing my son how to be a man is me taking care of myself and taking care of him because he has a role model to look up to and know like, okay, my father cares about me. He does this stuff for me and so forth. And your daughter being like, okay, you know, my dad is a male role model that I have in my life that I know I can look to for support and he wouldn't do anything to me. And what he does for me is for the betterment of my life and so forth. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy to say, but there are so many kids and so many people I know that just really do not have good relationships with their parents, whether it's a mother or a father. And it's all about those years when they were younger just that yep. 
that time that they spent with them and slowly but surely coming out of it and being like that was not normal and you know and it's funny you say that because like i'm currently right now i currently don't talk to neither one of my parents Mm. it's and it goes back into like me and my mom it's childhood thing like i don't know i didn't have the typical mother relationship Mm -hmm. it's affection wasn't there yeah, we like talked that. about that on one episode of our podcast yeah so and then my daddy he was very inconsistent and mm-hmm. you know i know y'all had the, the therapy episode mm-hmm. like i've been in therapy going on two years wow and i i recently just talked to him and i was you know just kind of having a conversation with him mm-hmm. i was told he was going through some things but without telling him that i knew Mm. I was just like, yo, you know, daddy, you can talk to me. You ain't got to be prideful. You ain't got to hide nothing from me. I'm grown, you know, stuff like that. I know people go through stuff. I mm. told him, I was like, if it wasn't for therapy, because me and him fell out, I said, if it wasn't for therapy, me and you wouldn't be talking right now. Ooh. We wouldn't. If we, we had a couple podcasts, and my last, the last podcast before we started talking, I even told you, I said, yo, I'm done. I don't care if we ever talk again. Mm-hmm. Like my uncle passed and I went, he stays in Memphis and I went down there to the funeral mm-hmm. and me and him wasn't talking. And at the funeral, he stuck his hand out and I swooped right, right, right around him. And I mean, it's to me, I feel like when you get to a certain point, regardless of if somebody is your family or not, or blood or whatever, you have to put that boundary in place. Like, you know, your behavior is unacceptable therefore this is the reason why i'm severing times with you severing ties with you and i choose not to engage with you and that's okay i have family members like that nothing as close as like a parent but definitely people who i'm like yeah if if every time i see you or interact with you you're going to be angry and upset and mad about something i'm gonna choose not to talk to you or engage with you because i don't have time to deal with this Mm -hmm. and when you think about like I'm somebody, I am somebody else's parent. I don't have time for this interaction. That makes no sense. Yeah, I got my own stuff. That makes no sense. And that's the thing, like, with our, just our generation, we're different because, you know, we go to therapy. We're willing to talk stuff out. Mm -hmm. Our parents and stuff, that's not what they do. Mm -mm. You know, they they don't want to, I try to have a conversation with my dad, like, yo, I'm trying to talk. I don't want to talk about it. we good, we good. My whole thing is if we can't come to an understanding, I can't just sweep it under the rug like nothing happened. That's the reason we didn't talk for so long because like I'm trying to have a conversation with you. You hollering at me on the phone and hanging up. Okay, well, we're not going to talk until, and that's what happened. He hung up on me after he, he got upset. You don't need to go to therapy about me. Well, first off, I wasn't going about <laughs> you. This just happened while I was in there and he i don't want to talk about i don't want to talk about it hung up i called him he ain't pick up i called back nine times by that ninth time oh, i left my message and was like hey bro i said well, don't call me no more we're not going to talk until you can look me straight in my eyes and we can have a conversation because if you can't be you know if you can't be my father and have a conversation with me and hash it out then we don't need to interact but two that's another thing that like you said, with older generations, it's the lack of respect. They feel like, no, yep. I'm automatically your parent. You owe me this respect. And it's like, you no, know, if you 
taught me growing up that you have to give respect to get it. Why would I expect anything less of you? And it's not that hard to respect your kids. Like you still want your child to have their own autonomy, have their own ideas and their own thoughts. Yeah, I just can't see myself as an adult. Like some, uh, my mama just randomly going off on me about something like, girl, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? Quick tell, I'll talk to you later. Like I'm not, and even then <laughs> i don't have any kids but it's so funny because my mom will do little things but she'll even know like okay i'm i'm kind of overstepping because she'll be like i know you hate i i know you hate when people tell you what to do because i do too and i'm like okay don't start don't start then if we notice <laughs> so you the know thing, we if you know you where we at don't even start and she'll usually pull back or drop it but it's still like at least she gives me that space and that credit to know, like, you're going to make your own decisions. You've been doing fine so far. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go. I still want you in my life. I'm not going to force you to do right. anything you don't want to do or talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, that's why we talk. And I'm like, man, I want my kids to feel comfortable talking to me. Yeah. And the older you get, like, if you really feel like I'm in the wrong and you come to me respectfully and like, hey, can we talk? And you ha- we hash it out. I don't have an issue with that. I'm not going, well, no, nah, I'm your father and this and that. No, nah, if I disrespect you or you feel disrespected, we can talk about it. If it's just you and your feelings, it's like, okay, I hear you out. But if I really did something to make them upset, I'll apologize. I don't have an issue apologizing. And I don't I think, have see, and I, yeah. I'm wrong. No, I was gonna just say, yeah, that's I think that's what it is. Like parent, like our parents don't think they have to apologize for nothing, man. Mm-hmm. And now they have encountered this new generation of people that will hold them accountable and tell them exactly. everything right back to them. And they like, wait a minute, this looking real different from how me and your grandparent, like, yeah. what about this and so forth? Like, um, I know one other thing that I thought was so interesting and just not even playing into the world of social media and all of these opinions people have, but what's like one misconception you think people have about fatherhood or just dads in general? That we don't do anything. Like especially with black fathers. Right. We more active than any other race of fathers. Yeah. Like we do more stuff with our kids. Like I think we did like a looked up some stats or something and mm-hmm. like a lot of races of of men of fathers don't even change their kids diapers yeah it's very like hands off like okay yeah. i may provide for them financially exactly but being there for that actual emotional support i'm not doing it yeah and not, like it's just it's just how people and you see it mother's day come around you get the whole rollout like they they just think you know, they, they people just think fathers don't know anything about their kids. They just think they show up, throw the ball around, toss them around, play with them for a minute, then you know they go to sleep or do whatever. I'm so ingrained in everything my kids do. Like I know everything. I can tell you, Nike was born on a Friday at four fifty-five in the afternoon. Her mama was in labor for thirty-three hours. Oof. Like, I know everything. Mm-hmm. When we go to the doctor, 
like she was in the house Nike was in the hospital she had to get her stomach flushed out because she was backed up mm-hmm. nurse came in she looking at her mama asking her the questions I'm answering all the questions I'm looking at her like hey <laughs> you like answering. I know it I know yeah, it. come yeah. on oh, it's like, it's yeah it's like so you know they just feel like dads don't know anything you know you I listen to the breakfast club and be talking about man I don't know nothing I don't know what my kid, you know, his wife went out of town and the nanny on vacation. So now all of a sudden you got to, I don't know where the pajamas are. I don't know what my kids like to eat. Like, come on, man. Like, how you don't know that? It's a simple, simple thing. You in that house every day. You see your kids every day. You don't know their favorite meal. You don't know how to get their pajamas. Like, I get them ready for bed. I do all of this stuff. Oh, you get them backhanded compliments? Yeah, oh, man. I had a lady. What's the backhanded compliment? I had a lady tell me, "Good job for putting my daughter in the car seat." (laughs) She said, "I ain't never seen that." Yeah, like that's what I'm supposed to. Oh, you take your daughter to to on dates? Like, yeah, yeah. Your kids live with you. (laughs) (laughs) That type of stuff, like you know, they just you know, like I said, they just feel like we don't know. We we just a sperm donor basically yeah i mean people do tend to blow up those scenarios that you mentioned before like with dj envy on a breakfast club where somebody who is famous may say something about um uh you know i really don't notice about my kids and so forth or something goes viral on the internet in regards to a man taking care of his child even now we not gonna go into it but this whole shit about mcdonald's and all these other kids and stuff that shit is absolutely ridiculous and i want i really want people on twitter to think about positive scenarios people find a way to come up with the most negative scenario possible to put out into the world to ask people their opinion of and it's like find a hobby <laughs> y'all imagine that all this stuff become script writers make a tv show about this shit do something productive yeah yeah i mean you know it's like i'm not on child support but you hear people call in like, like i said listen breakfast club people call in and man be like you know i got full custody of my kids or no i don't get to see my kids but it but my baby mom put me on child support and they like well hey that's just how it goes that's not how it should be you know what i'm saying yeah it's not how it should be and it also i think a lot of times when not to say every man but i think a lot of times when those men do stuff like that it's so they can get some sort of sympathy in terms of how they've been behaving on their own like they may say oh she put me on child support and i and i don't never see my kids but it's like okay did you actually file did you go to the court did you just let it happen because again there are those scenarios of people not being 100 in their children's life like you said not to say all black men are like that yeah and i just I mean, feel like when people when guys be like i pay child support but i don't see my kid like if you pay child support that means you have rights so i don't i can't see no scenario where i'll be like she won't let me see my kids. Like if I gotta go take that's my kids, that's an excuse. Yeah, that I'm is literally an excuse. Yeah, and because it's it's it's, mas- it's I think it's basically you know a lot of guys they don't know the law. They don't know you know because my barber was going through something similar and he was fighting it, but they kept they kept taking him to court. He like yo like.
my money ain't my money ain't that goddamn long. You know what I'm saying? He like I just he basically just had to give up. Or oh, I got a partner. His uh his son's mom like disappeared. Oh wow. Nobody told him. Like nothing bad. Like she, you know, she just up and left with the yeah, child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. She left his son with her mama. And nobody told him. Her mom had to call his mom and tell him to come get his son. He and went out like, looking. Yeah, he went around looking for him. He had to go to court for over a year and a half to get full custody of his son. She never showed up to one one court appearance. But they kept they kept making him show up, kept giving her chances. Mm-hmm. And then a year and a half later, after all of that, they finally gave him full custody. They made him pay for her court costs. Basically, he was like, it was a woman. He was like, it was a woman judge, and she just kept giving her chances, kept giving her chances. Mm-hmm. She never showed up. If if that was him, maybe two times he don't show up. Yeah. It's a wrap. So I mean, you know, the, the the system is geared towards mothers because the system is old. It's outdated. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we know that for sure. And I'm every, sure we're gonna <laughs> see a lot more cases like this again, how we mentioned before with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Who knows what all will ensue in terms of like family mm-hmm. and child support and courts and things of that nature when you're gonna be having this new influx of children being born who not to say anything bad, but who may not be necessarily wanted by either parent or it's just one parent and they fight and trying to get custody of them and so forth. So again, I mean, there's a lot of beauty and joy in parenthood and being a father, I feel like. So if anything, we just go try to magnify that y'all doing y'all part to put some good humans into the world. So hopefully there are other people like you doing the same thing, but moving on to the very last segment of the show, we have you are drove. Um, So for all my non St. Louisans drove is terminology for when you really think something is about to work in your favor and it does not. <laughs> we have all been drove. We've all been there. And for non-St. Louisans too, do not say driven. I feel like I had to explain this right. to somebody who was from here and they said driven. And I was like, no, something completely like different. Something completely different. I always got to tell the people. But for this week's You Are Drove segment, I'm sure you guys have heard it all, but Twitter is suing Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk um, sought out to hold a $44 billion deal to buy the company, and he has since pulled that deal. He claimed that Twitter violated the deal um, agreement by failing to provide the information he requested to verify the number of spam accounts on his platform and failed to proceed with the ordinary course of business by conducting layoffs. But... Twitter alleges that Elon willingly offered and agreed to the terms where he has now tried to backtrack to get out of the deal. And $44 million, that's a hell of a lot of money. I'm sure most people will not see one-fourth or, I don't know, one-eighth, one-eighteenth. Like, I I don't know when I'm going to see that amount of money. But still, (laughs) it's a lot of shit going on. And it's just crazy to think about how like how he even has that much money but at this point 
it just goes into this larger story, I feel like, about just the access that billionaires have to things. Because my thing is, what are you buying Twitter for? Like, Twitter right. essentially is a public platform. From what I know, you really can't, like, you're gonna, you will own the, I guess, app and the features of the app. But even then, what exactly would you have control over the advertising and so forth, which is something I feel like I was a little bit more interested in. But even then, after the complaint was filed by Twitter, um, Elon Musk tweeted that, oh, the irony. I'm surprised they even let him keep his Twitter. I thought they would go <laughs> boot him off like they did Donald Trump, but they've let him keep his Twitter. But um, more so, he even mentioned the Twitter spam, like essentially his whole thing with the lawsuit. Well, his whole thing was dropping the deal was that they didn't provide inf any information on the fake accounts. But I feel like it's all this back and forth about even fake accounts on Twitter and like the bots that people encounter. And I kind of feel like that's something that I mean, one, they'd have to internally look into their own data and do their own little searches within the algorithm to see how bots pop up. But I mean, if I'm an investor, I'm an investor. Twitter makes money. So I don't see why he would think that it would be as easy to get out of the deal as it has been, I guess. You know what that sound like? That sound like I'm, I've done this numerous times. I see some like, boy, I'm going to wait. wait. Wait till I get paid. And then when I go to get it, I'll be like, do I really, I really need this? Need this. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's what it was. You know, he was like, yeah, I want Twitter. And then when it came down to it, he like, that's 44 Damn. billion, man. That's 44 billion. Yeah, you know I mean, that's a lot of money. I would be it suing. Is. I would sue him over that too. Because even then, it's like you are trying to terminate an agreement that was already put on the table and that I guess you had signed for. And even then, it it just goes to show like a I guess like the model of bad faith that people even have in a lot of these social apps and platforms. Cause we know Facebook. Instagram had already been through the ringer. Facebook, um, Mark Zuckerberg has had to appear in court in Congress and talk to the Senate millions of millions of times. So maybe even this, this might have been a good thing for Twitter because Elon Musk, he gives me like something is very off and very wrong with him. Yeah, he's just you know, a weirdo. I mean, I don't. He a weirdo, but it's like a, a villain weirdo. Like y'all know um, Lex Luthor. Like he gives me okay. odd vibes. Like he, even though he is mega, mega, mega smart to have built built Tesla from the ground up, it's still like he ain't all the way there. Nah, he he seemed like one of them, them the the people who try to be cool. He trying to buy his way yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Kind of mm -hmm. like how, kind of how like they say Donald Trump used to try to do. He tried to buy his way into the cool to the cool section. So I guess he figured if he owned Twitter. Mm -hmm. then he'll you know some he'll be seen he'll be looked at different but it's like bro you know nah you, you change the narrative of yourself you're still a nerd we ain't, we ain't fooling with you like that you got a lot of money but hey either way i'm gonna be interested to see how this even plays out because with all of the stuff that's just going on in the latest news circuit 
I feel like these just play a greater hand to sing to things we can see coming up down the line. Like, yes, he might be buying into it now, but say, for instance, he does go ahead and go through with the deal instead of letting them sue him. Then what if he imposes some crazy privacy laws on the app? Like, who knows? Who really knows? 2022 has shown us that anything is possible and so forth. But you guys, that is it for this week's episode. It has been a pleasure having Elgin and Travis on with me today. Do you want to tell my listeners where they can find you all at and when the episodes of Call of Duty Black Days drops? Uh, I mean, you can find the podcast wherever you find music, Spotify, everywhere. You can just, or you can Google uh, Call of Duty Black Dads. <laughs> You know, do your Googles and we'll pop up. Uh, I'm not super big on social media. I'm trying to get better at that, but uh, I don't even know my Instagram. I think it's uh, Yo Boy L, <laughs> Y-O-B-O-I-E-L. And then, uh, shoot, I don't know, T, you're going to have to give out the rest, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, the... Twitter is us. Uh, uh, it's called it's at call. call underscore podcast. I don't know why it's like that, but that's what gotcha. Yeah. And I'll make sure to put these description. I'll make sure to put these links in the description so you guys can check out their episodes. But that's it, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.